0: what's going on everybody welcome back to another rugby muscle podcast q a edition i'm your host as always tj and as usual for these facebook q a's we're going to be rattling through more of you guys questions as it pertains to rugby strength and conditioning fitness uh, nutrition and uh, how you guys as mostly as amateur athletes can set up your training to make you a better rugby player now as always if you're watching this on the Facebook feed give it a thumbs up if you comment below any questions on the live feed I will endeavor to get to them in this uh, recording if we if you ask it past you know uh, later down the line I will get to it on Friday we do have another one coming up on Friday I believe it's this exact same time but without further ado Let's get into the questions because we're going to run for a forty to forty-five minutes on this one, and we've got some questions already loaded up. As usual, if you just post them up on the group, that's your best way to get them answered. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube, I can I will also be going through those. But we are we haven't got into a good system of consistently posting them on the YouTube yet, so that's still to come. But if you're watching this on the YouTube, we've, we've got some sort of system down, right? So we'll get to it from there. Also, if I have time, want to cover my thoughts on the rugby that we are, um, the rugby that we're watching at the moment as it pertains to um, its relevance and lessons that we might learn already from you know, Premiership Rugby, Super Rugby Aterua, and uh, Super Rugby AU, and what that might mean for your training and things that we want to advise. I'll just wait a second to see if we have the comments and if this stream is going good, and we will get into the questions. So first things up, Lockie J asks if there are any fun things that we can do to mix things up in the gym. He actually asked a few questions, and I wanted to start with this one because I think it's something that is definitely underrated when it's it's both underrated and overrated it's underrated by people that are scientifically minded and coaches in general that want to do things perfectly and people in general like type a type of people that want to make sure that they've got a perfect training they um never really consider the fun aspect of the gym and i think that's a mistake uh, i think that the more you can enjoy your training the more effort you're going to put towards it. Like, you know, if you, if you take someone that's doing a job that they hate, you know, and if we look at, I mean, if we look at your training as a job, if you take anyone that's doing something that they hate uh, and you tell them to put their best effort is, you know, and especially when we're talking about the amount of consistent effort that you need to become a better rugby player and to like make significant changes in the gym, those changes like, are you know, that, requires a lot of long term consistent effort. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing in the gym, there's a very much a good chance that you'll you'll drop out and you'll be one of these people that is kind of flaky, you know, goes for a couple months and then stops before you get into a real good groove. Or if you as soon as you stop seeing results, maybe you stop. Or if you don't see results at all, you stop before you even given yourself a chance to get the results. Um and it and you or you can also just get burnt out after a long time of doing something that you don't enjoy. So it is really, really, really important to, um, focus on enjoyment and having fun in the gym. Um, it's also overrated by people that just cannot seem to stick into a routine and never seem to improve because all they're focused on is having fun in the gym. It's probably overrated by, like, and this is influenced probably by like marketers and, um, like the capitalism in general, right? Because, we know that one of the p- the biggest struggles that we have as a uh, fitness industry in general, on like a wider scope, is having people stay consistent with their training and is have people get results with their training, and th- and and then they know that's because they don't enjoy it. So that's why you come out with things like fucking Zumba or CrossFit or. Um, whatever whatever workout you want to come up with you know you've seen it on maybe on a youtube ad before you've watched a video like there's this new thing and, and and they're showing people smiling and having fun when they're in the gym and they're smiling doing fucking exercises which is just ridiculous but you shouldn't you know it's not all about having fun it is about like remember you're in there first and foremost to get some sort of result and if that result is just to burn a bunch of calories. You can have f- fun and you can do whatever. You, you can just go outside and walk. You can pick whatever activity you want. But if you are going into the gym, you specifically want to either you know, create, gain some muscle, um, significantly burn some fat whilst getting stronger, hold on to your muscle mass, um, and you guys listening to this and watching this video will be the those guys that want to improve as a rugby player. So... Um, rugby is the thing that you enjoy it but your gym training more often, more than uh, anything else is a means to an end so you want to have enough fun so that you are um, enjoying your training and so that you can stay consistent and so that it's not a grind um, we definitely over you know state how important it is to grind and gr- hashtag grind and this hustle mentality that is fucking playing social media at the minute is something that like where we show off how hard we're working and how much we hate what we're doing, but we're still pushing for anyway to show how like tough we are. It's a weird thing that we're doing. And I don't think it's helping at all. Um, you should really, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to the gym because you choose to do it because you choose to, um, you want to become a, either a better rugby player if you're watching this, or you just want to improve your physique or whatever it is, but you're choosing to spend your time, doing such a lot of people don't do that a lot of people will just sit home watching tv because that's to them is more fun you're making the choice to go to the gym so you want to make sure that it's something that you enjoy and that your training is something you enjoy now number one the after all of that preamble number one in in ways to make things fun in the gym is going to be get results there is nothing that's more enjoyable than like success success right and that's probably why you're in the gym in the first place is because you want to increase your success on the rugby field um which cuz because if you win a game of rugby it's more fun than if you lose same thing in the gym if you if you continually progress and you have success in the gym you look back on your training and you see how much you've gotten stronger you can look in the mirror over the past you know few months and you can see that your physique has changed um you know whatever measure for success you have and we've if I advise you listen to our testing podcast that I did with uh Alex Miller where we spoke about all the different ways uh that you can test but how essentially training is a constant sort of test because you're measuring your progress against previous weeks just by um figuring out exactly what you can do by doing that you can see that you consistently make progress and I think that's why to me like the weights is one of the best ways to stay consistent with any training, is because you can see. Like, there's not like, there's nothing more fun than seeing that, seeing those weights go up, seeing yourself add more weight to that bar, or seeing yourself lift the bar more explosively, or or ha- add height to a box jump. Um, seeing yourself continually improve is one of the things that you've got numbers there. It's it's very much quantifiable when you're doing it with weights, when you're doing it with. Um, like if you just spend 30 minutes three set times a week on the elliptical, like maybe you burn a few more calories or whatever, but there's, there's going to come a point where you know you're not really sure what you're doing it's very difficult to make to gauge progress there whereas if you're constantly writing your weights down, you're constantly making sure that you're improving your weight um, you know the weight you're lifting you're improving in the gym that is fun that is what you're going to do and, that, and and you have to understand again, you're making the choice to do that. And um, that's what's making it enjoyable for you. It's the whole reason that you're there. So, to, you know, sometimes the fun goes out of it because you question whether you're actually making any progress. And if you're going to the gym to try and improve and you're questioning yourself, you know, it comes a bit of a drag, right? So, you wanna avoid that. You wanna make sure that you are consistently making progress. Another way is to quite simply um, either listen to some really good music um listen to like podcasts can actually work i've gone back and forth on this sometimes i think if you're listening to a podcast in the gym it's very difficult to maintain intensity but the more i've thought about this like the more i have thought that like if you're just focused in on what you're doing and the weights that you're lifting then the podcasts are a nice little respite whilst you're um you know, between sets and whatever, and then you you can block it out. You're not listening to the podcast whilst you're doing your lift, and that lift might last anything between you know twenty to forty five seconds, and you don't have to be listening to the podcast and paying attention during that time. Um, awesome music or a podcast or something listening to, or go with a, a training partner. That training partner doesn't even necessarily have to do the same program as you, but just having someone there that you can just have a you know good bit of a chit chat back and forth you can just you can see each other lift you can support each other you can g each other up um like that's going to be another thing to make you consistent that's going to be another thing that is making going to make you accountable because you're going to make sure that you you can't just skip the session because you're letting someone down and if you don't skip the session and you stay consistent guess what you're going to make more progress and if you make more progress it becomes more fun um, and just more, the more you can get into that routine, the more fun you're going to have in the gym. And then a the third and final point I will say to, um, talk about having fun in the gym is you need to, uh, like, you know, you want to make sure I've said earlier already that it's not going to be a grind, but you want to make sure that whilst you don't want to do random training and just what, you know? Switch things up to keep the muscles guessing, or, or, or CrossFit, do any of that stuff, right? You want to actually consistently make progress. If you tra- if you plan your training as such, whereby you know on a six week to two two month or six to eight week basis or a monthly basis, you you make small adjustments to your program. So you've got key things that you keep in because you want to keep working at things for more than four weeks. You keep a few key movements in. You, and then you change up what, you know, you, you periodically change up the exercises, you periodically change up the rep ranges. As a rugby athlete, you have the opportunity to change so many different things. Um, you have the opportunity to, you know, work on power, work on strength, work on speed, um, work in different rep ranges for hypertrophy, but depending on that, work on any different uh, condition modalities. Um, There's so many different ways that you can make it more enjoyable, um, or or you can just make it sort of new for you. And that in itself is going to make it more fun, right? It's a new challenge every month. If you do the same thing after 12 weeks or 16 weeks of grinding in the same program day in and day out, it gets exhausting and um, mentally exhausting. Again, if, you, if you're if you mentally exhausted by what you're trying to do in the gym, very difficult to have fun, very difficult to stay consistent. So um, I would say using periodization Is not just a mechanism to improve all the different areas that you need to improve for rugby, it's actually a very good way to keep things fresh in the gym as well, right? It's a and that's that works both ways and that ticks both boxes. And what that why that's such a fantastic thing that you guys need to really wrap your head around is that not only do you keep things novel to have them more fun, but you stick with them long enough to make progress and you also, um, you know consistently make progress in all the different areas but you switch things up you know every you know often enough that you you're constantly going to be challenged in a new way you 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 almost avoid um you know getting to a point where you might plateau because you get you reach to like a you know a tipping point and a a point where you might plateau maybe with your strength and before you have to go through that mental grind of you know adding no weight or no reps at the bar for three weeks you cut out the strength, and you do maybe you know you lighten the weight, and you do some power work with that way. And then when you come back to the strength, yes, you've dropped down because you've depractised, but you've got more potential to get higher in that area. So, changing up your routine regularly is a massive way to do that. Now, um, that's the biggest thing that I think I supply here with uh, Team Rugby Muscle, which we will be relaunching with our new software in the coming weeks. If you want to get in on our beta tests. That I'm running with the guys that are doing it right now. Shoot me a message tj underscore rugby or tj at rugby muscle.com and I, I can get you in there. Um, so you can try out the new programming, um, before it is uh massively you know, before we go to our proper quote unquote launch. Um, it's something that that program switches out every four to six weeks. Um, and four weeks is sometimes too often, but the difference is with that is that we don't like. You know, If it's, if I change it out after four weeks, I don't completely throw out the whole old program and put new stuff in. I'll just tweak a few things and keep us progressing in some areas and then add in new stimulus in other areas. have got a question here from Ryan who says, how do you make cardio more fun? This is very interesting actually and, and um, I've just recorded a um, new video that will be going up on the uh, Rugby Muscle YouTube channel in a couple of weeks, Expanding on that physical preparation pyramid. That I did a while back. And essentially the thing is with especially cardio for rugby, where we're looking at low-level aerobic, you can you've got so many options. Like it not being fun or not being enjoyable isn't really an excuse. Because all you have to do to increase your um aerobic capacity uh to improve, to make significant improvements as a rugby player, is work between 120 to 140 beats per minute uh, heart rate, which is like a seven out of 10, which means that if you, you can just about hold a conversation slightly interrupted by your, your heavy breathing, but you can still hold that conversation. You're not so gassed that you just can't talk at the same time. You can't talk as like fast as I am doing in this podcast. So even if you don't have a heart rate monitor, it's okay. It's like a six or a seven out of 10, right? That heart rate to, you know, is, you know, primed to go out for a long run or to go on the elliptical um and just grind out like that low intensity steady state you know that quote-unquote fat burning zone it's a little bit more intense than that but that's a general idea now because all you've you you know this work is working on the heart it's not working so much on the legs or a specific body part or anything like that you've got a lot of scope to um really improve or, or to um to be to to make your training however you see fit and whatever's going to make it most enjoyable for you. So let me rattle through. Let's go through three different uh, methods that you can do. Number one is is low intensity steady state. It's finding whatever you can do in the gym. That's uh, let me just adjust this because the sun is about to go in this camera. Finding whatever you can do in the gym that you can zone out whilst doing. So for me. Uh, when I did a, when I was balls deep in my um, low intensity steady state work or balls deep in my my conditioning work, as I had a long off season and I was getting ready for a new rugby season, I just either went on the bike or went on the elliptical, and I would just watch a TV show or two. And and because you're working a, a, a decently low level, uh, it's not you know you're not overly distracted. You're able to work. You're able to get that work in. But you can also just zone out. Watch whatever you need to watch, and that time sort of just goes by. Um, you know you don't have to focus too much on performance i, I I've tried reading whilst doing it. I just that, that's just too much i'm I'm a little bit too tired. I can't focus on the book. I've watched lectures before that was quite a good one. I used to do quite a, a fair bit. I, I would lo- watch a lecture, so then I'm doing like kind of two things that I don't really want to do, but they both offset one another and make the other one a little bit more um, tolerable. And so you can just get on the elliptical, get on the, I'd say, Ryan machine might be a bit difficult, but get on the bike. Um, bike can be also be difficult because you've got to go quite fast to get your heart rate going at uh, you know one at that 130 beats per minute range. But bike can work. Uh, Incline walking can work. But you know, you also get the benefit when you're training this way that you are. Off your feet, you're, you're not doing any impact. And so you can save yourself for like high impact rugby sessions. And we're going to get onto this in a little bit. If we have time, um, actually, we'll do this. Probably, I'll probably have to get to that question later, but we had a question come in about like, how would you program like in season, off season or, or a long season? And when you're, you know, when you're in rugby season, sometimes your conditioning is best kept off your feet because your rugby sessions are so demanding and so intense, and so is the game so if you can if you can condition the heart quite well whilst keeping the impact low, that's a good thing. Number two method would be uh the complete opposite it would be tempo work and whereby you actually are on your feet and you're actually working on the skill of either sprinting, stepping, or whatever. But you're you're working through that and you're doing 20 seconds-ish, 15 to 20 seconds on, and then the rest of the minute sort of off. And the key with that that would be to make sure that you don't push that intensity too high. So you keep it aerobic, you keep either keep nasal breathing the whole time, but because you're working at a low intensity, you're able to work on your your sprint mechanics, your stepping mechanics quite well. And you want to make sure that your first rep is the same as your last rep. And you can go from anywhere between um, one set of twenty reps, uh, one set of ten reps to two sets of like fifteen plus reps. Tempo work in general is fantastic aerobic work. It enables you to work on the skills at a low enough intensity that you're working on the skills. But again, because we're targeting the heart with this system, you can work on these other components that can improve you as a rugby player. The last one on this would be um, like any sort of circuit training and you can set up any, like, again, there's a million different ways that you could do it, but you can set up any sort of strongman circuit or core circuit or even a hypertrophy circuit where you're, you know, um, going from, you're working around different muscle groups and getting a good burn on the muscle. If you set up a circuit whereby you're looking at whatever weaknesses that you want to improve, or if you're spending, you know, say you spend four sessions working on your weaknesses, this is the one session that you could do just to sort of, you um, get through and do enough work on the stuff that you're already good at. And then you can just maintain that because it's a low intensity. You see from this so many different ways that you can do it. The key would, and you would set up, you know, anywhere between four to 10 stations work between those and you would figure out whether that means you're working for 30 seconds, a minute or two minutes on each station or whatever it is, you know, it could be 20 reps, could be 30 reps, could be 15 reps, I would not go any lower than that because then you would have to push that heart rate a little bit high. You know, you could rest between from 30 seconds to a minute. You could also not rest between, you could go straight from uh, exercise to exercise. And as long as you work at that right intensity, you know, you've got that scope to work on whatever your weakness is and or, you know, if you're doing a circuit and you can just want to make it fun, you can do that as well. You know, you, you're you're cycling through either, you know, you can do like those battle ropes you can do different drills uh hitting the bag drills sort of thing and as long as you're keeping that heart rate in the right intensity zone then to me because you're switching up every 30 seconds or every minute it's more fun it's the complete opposite of sitting on that elliptical and and just getting through the work that way but you know that's usually where the beauty always is in, in this sort of thing is either end of the spectrum when we when we get muffled in the middle is when we don't get anything out of either of those um so you want to keep that low intensity and however which way you want to do it, wherever it's your, your mind is completely off the work and you're focusing on, you know, maybe you're watching TV, maybe you're uh, watching a lecture. Again, it's fantastic advice for those guys that are students. Or, um, you know, you could watch game footage whilst you're doing it and your, your mind is off the work that you're doing that's a really good way to develop the heart. But at the same same time, the complete opposite end of the spectrum is focus on the movements that you're doing. And as long as they're low enough intensity, you're going to be able to um, work the heart rate whilst also working on those movements. And again, that takes your focus off the boring, monotonous nature of working at that intensity. Boom. So Ryan, hopefully that answers that question in terms of making cardio fun. Um, You know, and the other, I think the last thing I would say with cardio is it's something that in terms of conditioning, or know, if we're talking about cardio, it's not something that you always want, like, want to be doing all the time. It's, um, it's something that you're doing for a specific purpose to, to increase your aerobic capacity. Now, um, you know, if you're in season, you know most of your cardio is going to be done through rugby um if you're in pre-season most of your cardio is going to be done in your gym sessions if you you know and you should be improving that way you don't just need to arbitrarily do cardio um if you even if you're talking about fat loss a better way than cardio is going to be just getting in your steps just walking enough be moving enough especially as we're come, we're talking about this lockdown that everyone's sort of been in you know our activity levels have dropped right down you know i'm i'm in my apartment here and it's what maybe 20 20 meters by 20 meters or something like that it's not big there's not a lot of room for me to go anywhere okay but i walk my dog two or three times a day uh, on a long walk that gets my steps in i walk to the gym that gets my steps in i have to actively make points to get my steps in this way i'm not coaching so you know that's you know it's just finding different ways to move is going to elicit more fat loss than doing quote-unquote cardio um and then if you want to improve certain aspects of rugby that should be fun in itself and you've got to figure that out for yourself hi guys i just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies that is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions the physique nutrition crash course video series the supplement guide and newly added is a macro calculator yes that's right a macro calculator where you will be able to Work out your protein, carbs, fat and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Next one comes in. Thoughts on quarter squats. Um, So, quarter squats, like most things in the gym, can have their place if they're done right. Um, Quarter squats, if they're heavy enough, like quarter squats are for a specific purpose of getting stronger in that very strong in that very end lockout range which can have benefits to your power because when you're like jumping when you're sprinting you're not going into a full squat all the way down you're just moving that last little bit um and quarter squats can definitely help you Uh, they've been shown in, in many studies to help jump height now whether that translates to sprinting um the jury might be out still on that i believe it can have its place, and I've programmed them a few times. Um, I've done them myself a lot, uh, and it can have its benefit. The negative of quarter squats is that it just takes a long, like it's, it takes a long time to set up because you've got to stack up that bar quite heavy, um, and obviously you've got to clean it. You're not going to just leave that those weights on the bar, are you? You better not. Um, <laughs> uh, if you do quarter squats, like you, you're also potentially like. You have to make sure that you perform a full squat very well. Um, a lot of people don't. So make sure that you've got a very good full squat before you worry about doing quarter squats. And if you can't do that, then I would suggest doing like either rack pulls or just jumps in general and just moving better in general before you worry about quarter squats. Quarter squats are something that are sort of reserved for someone that can already move pretty well. Um, and once you can move pretty well, then you can really load up that end range and loading up that end range is really going to benefit you in terms of your power, in terms of your speed. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're the only thing that can do that. You can do that with rack pulls or even better. Like I harp on this all the time, but if you want, if you're someone that wants to improve your speed, you want to be out sprinting at least, at least twice a week as fast as you can. Um, or or working on your technique. You want to be out sprinting at least twice a week. If you're going to do it more, then obviously you're not going. To, you can't do all of those sessions as fast as you can. But you want to be out sprinting. Um, I think you can definitely improve like your power and your strength components in order to increase your speed. But you need to get out there and do some field work. And obviously, you got to also remember with rugby is that we're not just running fifty to hundred meters in a straight line. We're, we're stepping. We're moving around. So the better you move. Um, the more ability you're going to have to be a faster player, and the more ability you're going to have to have more power. But court squats can have their place, as long as you move well. Then, you know, feel free. The only problem with those is that they, on top of the other things I haven't mentioned, is that they might be a little bit overly fatiguing, just because it's a lot of weight just to put on your back um, and push through your back and your knees as well. They might be overly fatiguing because of that weight. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else really that might have an impact now I think that's about it um I think that's spot on that's, I think that's that's my overall thoughts on quarter squats they can have their place oh I wouldn't work them anything less than um or anything more than five reps like if you're working uh you know your five rep range then um or lower then you're you're probably like being able to load up heavy enough you don't want to do quarter squats for sets of like 10 or, or 15 that, that wouldn't make sense we will go for hopefully two more questions increase neck size without cramping up well okay so neck size without cramping up um you, you got it so first first and foremost disclaimer you've got to be very very careful when you're doing neck strength and neck sizes you like if you fuck up your neck that is uh that is tragic um you know you can you can you can mess up an elbow by by doing too going too heavy on bicep curl no one really cares you know you just hurt it a little bit and you eventually you can rehab it if you mess up your neck that could be very very damaging you know not just to your rugby career but to your life so be very careful with this stuff now with that out of the way we should be looking to improve our neck strength or more importantly our neck size because that's gonna help us um There's definitely theory out there to say that it's going to help from concussion. I myself, as I was getting towards the end of my career and fighting towards, you know, to staying off, to to staving off the last couple concussions that ended my career, I did a lot of neck work. I think it kind of helped, but you're never really going to know for sure. But also in general, it's going to help you um, position-wise because when you're either particularly if you're scrummaging but if you're rucking or mauling or whatever your head is going to dictate your line of power and your neck is going to dictate where you put your head down if you're in a ruck and someone is able to stuff your head down it's very difficult to be in a strong position if you're constantly looking up when you're rucking and you, you you've got good alignment in your spine that's governed a lot by the neck so if you have a strong neck you're going to be more effective in contact situations so increasing neck size and strength is something that I think a lot of rugby players should look to do, a lot more than the general population look to do. But then again, I'm also kind of biased because I think that if you're uh, someone in a general population that goes to the gym and spends all this time working on your arms or your calves that are covered up all the time and you've got this neck here that's exposed no matter what, unless you're wearing one of those Ron Burgundy roll neck style uh, uh, sweaters, you... you you know your neck is exposed to everyone it's something that people will see and to see how like muscular you are i think having a strong impressive neck is something that um generally guys should look to do now how you would you go about doing it just generally same way that you would train most muscles um but in the same way that you would train most muscles as a beginner you wouldn't go heavy you wouldn't do um a sort of isometric hold whilst constantly working flexion in a different way. Um, So don't do, um, so you don't want to be doing like neck bridges. They've also been shown um, there's, there's uh, some scary science out there to show that it can cause like real problems with your, um, they can have definite uh, problems long-term with your spine, um, which might either require surgery to fix or might even be even worse. You also put yourself at a big risk of like again if you if you mess up on a squat you can just drop the weight behind you. If you mess up on a um deadlift you can just drop the weight. If you mess up on a bench press your spot might help you out or you or like worst case scenario, right? You have to roll it down. If you if you misalign yourself I mean, or I mean you just make that correction and finish the lift if you misalign yourself and if you get some, if something goes off with a neck bridge that you're doing and you, you might fucking break your neck it's it's not a good thing to do um and i've done it before, and I've learned my lesson so you would train it the way you would train any muscle through the different movements that it can perform, so you would go head rock side to side if you Probably, if you listen to the podcast, this will be a bit weird, but I'm moving my head side to side. So I'm trying to touch my ear to my shoulder. And then the movement will be trying to push my um, opposite ear to my opposite or to to that same side shoulder. So moving it laterally side to side. Um, You can do this either just with manual resistance, is a really good way. Um, Actually, let's get into the resistance types in a sec. So moving it side to side is one, moving it back and forward. So nodding and moving it you want to be careful with going all the way back because again you might run into some issues but getting it from like a full extension to flexion all the way forward is i mean and to be fair i do think that just those two are enough to um like develop a strong neck you don't have to like like if you were training Uh, Like if you've never trained your chest before, you could get away with just doing push-ups for a long time before you need to worry about flies or or dumbbell bench or any other variations. Literally, just move your head back and forward and side to side. Um, Those are the two planes of movements that are going to build up that neck strength, Um, and that is going to help you in your other ways that you will move your head because it's just going to generally be stronger. Now you can work it isometrically by just holding it with your hand or pushing against it with your hand Um, likewise you can do the same thing from side to side you would also look to if you actually want to do it as you would do like a normal weight training movement that definitely has some validity to it as well Um, and i would look to uh you can do the same thing again with manual resistance like put your head or put your hand on your forehead and and try and nod it down and resist it with your hand the problems that you're going to run into there is is what we spoke about earlier is that like ability to gauge your progress see your weight go up week to week to week um so sometimes it is worth just putting a plate on your head um put a towel in there especially in the way that we you know in the landscape that we're in right now you want to make sure that you're not just putting a dirty weight plate on your forehead or on the side of your head Um, put a towel there and for comfort as well and then just rock your head back and forth um you can use the hand to sort of steady it and then you can even note down in your logbook how much like help and assistance that you, you use with your hand. You can also do it with dumbbells. You can also do that with cables, and you can wrap the, the cable around. Um, cables usually can be quite a good way to do it because that allows you to go up in smaller increments. With weight plates, sometimes it can be more difficult. Um, but the way you would go about in- increasing this in general would be you'd, you'd probably start from... One, maybe two sets of fifteen to twenty reps. And that's like start with that. Because you don't want to have two like severe DOMs in your neck. Nothing fucking worse than having severe DOMs in your neck. So start with like one to two sets. Um I'd say one set maybe twice a week until that stops you from being sore. Then maybe introduce a second set and then you would just work between fifteen to thirty reps. And once you get hit 30 reps on a given weight, only then would you add more weight. And then you can go back to either 15 or 20 reps on that heavier weight and work through again until you get two sets of 30 reps and then add the weight and you would keep going. But you'd really want to make sure that the key thing with all of this stuff is like most people want to rush this progression and they want to be doing three sets of 15 or three sets of 10 like heavy neck shrugs or whatever. It's not a good idea it's you know and you could literally do two sets of 20 two times a week with the same weight and like you would grow decently on that as long as you stayed consistent the biggest problem that you're going to find when you're doing neck training is that it's going to be something that probably comes at the end of your session um, which is probably a good thing anyway but it's something that comes at the end of your session and you're just you're you're more likely to skip it and then once you've skipped it once you justify skipping it twice next thing you know 3 months have gone by and you said four months ago that you were going to stick with this neck training regime when you've dropped it. So the biggest thing would be to stay consistent with it and just work maybe twice a week, two sets of 20 to 30, not like weight on, on your forehead, weight on the back of your head, weight on your left side of your head, weight on your right side of your head. Simple. Work through those progressions and you will see uh, some good neck growth. Um, final point on this is that if you, once you've got past that um, range, I think there is something to be said for working rotation. Um, obviously, if you're if you've if you've been like really if you're d- balls deep in this like gym research thing, like I am, you'll have seen this thing come out called the Iron Neck, and it's just this fucking. I think it's like five hundred dollars sort of gizmo. I actually, I have no idea how expensive it is. I know it's expensive. But it's this is expensive gizmo that looks like your head turns into Saturn the planet because it's got these big rings around it and you sort of rotate your head and it's looks like a good bit of equipment. If you owned a rugby club, you probably buy a couple and then you would tell your players to use them. If you're just someone that's interested in getting a bit of a bigger neck, maybe there's better, there's much better investments to spend your money. I would suggest, uh, particularly because of the things that I've already said that like those other movements are going to give you as much benefit as you need for now. Only once you've got advanced, then we might look at loading this rotation which you know when you're like if you're saying no essentially right if you're shaking your head um and the way i found that that actually works is if you get get your own towel and you would wrap it through like a handle on a cable machine and then you would bite on that towel and then once you've bitten on that towel you would just rotate your head side to side with the towel in your mouth now the biggest danger you're going to run into there is maybe the the towel and the weight pulling all your teeth out. But the point is there is that we're going so light that we're working 20 to 30 reps. that um, it's not going to really no, do too much damage, but that's, that's what I've sort of theorized. And again, I think, for most people listening to this podcast and watching this video, it's beyond the scope of what you need to do. What you need to do is consistently a couple times a week. If you really do want to grow some, grow your neck muscles, it's two or three times a week, two to twenty sets, front, back, side to side, um, flexion, off, head off the end end, end of a bench or manual resistance with your hand. Easy peasy. Problem is, is sticking with it. Last question. Oh. Is about playing year round, that's gonna have to be. I, I want to give that more justice than five minutes of podcasting here, so I will wait around and see if we have any more questions. Otherwise, I will discuss about the um, you know, the return of the premiership rugby season. So, been enjoying watching the premiership rugby, it's been awesome that all of the games have been televised, it's been awesome that they're all on and, and that they are playing. Um, I think. As we saw with Super Rugby Aotearoa, um, the penalties are sort of taken over. I do think it's a good thing. I think teams need to adjust. I think the, re- the game needs to be refereed properly, particularly the breakdown area. And we're starting to see that, which meant a lot of penalties in the first couple of weeks. Um, and just like uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, it sort of seemed to have died down a little bit. Um, but what we are seeing, or we definitely saw last week when they played three times in the space of one week, Um, like that was brutal for all the players that all the teams looked fatigued. They looked like, you know, they were, you know, particularly when you're mixing in big squads, it's a struggle to stick with the system. Um, it's a struggle to know what you're doing. The exceptions to that are the two best teams in the premiership by a long way, the Exeter chiefs and the Saracens because those two teams like it looks like 1 to 50 of their playing staff all know exactly what they should be doing at all times and because they know that they are so incredibly efficient they're so much ahead of everyone else because whenever they get the ball in the opposition's 22 or their own 22 or in the middle or on the left or uh, you know with 10 minutes to go or whatever the whole team the whole squad knows what their what their roles are which makes their jobs a lot easier you know it looks like they're fitter, but it's just because they're 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 running almost on autopilot, which just allows them to stay much more um like in control of the game. This to me is very much different than what you've seen with the southern the return of the southern hemisphere teams, where they've got a little bit of that, but they've also just got a lot of talent where they've been playing from you know when they were babies um and everyone plays it like they are just a lot more like their base skill level and their base. Um, skill level in terms of not just executing their passes and catches and tackling and whatnot, but their skill level in terms of like reading the game, assessing the options and taking the options available and taking the correct option available is just that much higher on a, you know, on a player to player day to day level than what we're seeing in Northern Hemisphere. So they don't have to rely on the systems as much. They just, they just play with amazing talent and those games it's worth, if you haven't watched them, going back and watching some of those super rugby Arturo games because they they were all like they are real high level like high level chess where they're making the correct decisions at the correct times at real intense situations chiefs kind of do the same thing and saracens kind of do the same thing but they seem to have more of a structure around them then you've got kind of like the worst of both in terms of like super rugby au and and the rest of the premiership where the rest of the premiership have tried to set up a system, but what that's resulted in is their defenses just being so effective that they kind of shut down the um, the attacks, which makes for brutal collisions. It makes for good tries when they have to be scored because you it's uh, it's difficult to break down these really well-organized defenses because it's just a lot easier to execute and to um, like keep a system up. With high, with a with a strong high intensity defense than it is like getting all your players in the right position when you're attacking. So teams have defaulted to that. They've done a really good job with that. I mean they haven't defaulted to it. It's just it's easier to do that than it is to to execute perfectly your attacking systems. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, but also in a negative light, is Super Rugby AU, where they don't really seem to have too much of a system. Like they have their set plays, and then they just sort of play what they see from there, which is fine. And it works because they, they just don't have, you know, their defenses are a lot weaker in my opinion. Um, They've got a little bit more uh, innovation in attack. They're, they're a lot more um, likely to sort of just go from anywhere. So that helps. And it makes it for a different, it makes it like a different product to watch. But I myself enjoy like big high intensity collisions and, and like, Pure rugby, which I think we're seeing with the Premiership, and I think as the season now winds up, we're going to start to see, especially the teams like top seven or and above, and Saracens really, um, really push it out and see where they can go from there, and, and really like step it up a little bit more. So I'm excited to watch the rest of the rugby. I always say my biggest advice to a lot of people is in your free, like if you want to get better at rugby in your free time watch a lot of rugby analyze it see what you can take out of it see what you can add into your game see what teams players are doing not just in your position but in general what their systems are and how they play and how you can do that and and figure out how you can like utilize some of that in your game all right that'll wrap it up it's been 45 minutes um as always if you've made it to the end if this is on the podcast give us a five-star review we haven't had a five-star review in a while um so you guys listen to this. If you've listened to this for a while, like it really does help. It gives you a couple like takes me a couple, like takes you a couple minutes, and it massively helps grow the show. So please keep doing that. Um, uh, we will be uh I'm digging deep into some series coming up on this podcast as well, where um I will break down, you know, all things hypertrophy, um, all things strength. Um, we'll be doing more hypertrophy hacks. We'll also be doing the fat loss hacks, we'll talk about a lot about fat loss, a lot about nutrition. Um in condition we'll be revisiting and revising some of the old stuff that we've done previously on the podcast just to update it um and to have you guys really wrap your head around a lot of the basics because i think sometimes with these q a's i'm assuming that we're understanding things on a little bit of a deeper level if you're on a youtube channel give it a thumbs up as well massively helps out helps it um, reach other people's feeds same thing on the on the facebook um subscribe to the youtube channel because we've got the physical preparation pyramid coming up a little bit more um and if you want 50 free rugby conditioning sessions rugby-muscle.com thank you guys so much for joining i'll see you in the next one all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the rugby muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple Podcasts and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings get more exposure allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you all you have to do, once again, is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute, and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening, I'll see you in the next one.